Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light, the private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, chapter 12, continued. Whose thirst is greater, his or mine for him? With a faith penetrating through the darkness of pain, Mother Teresa could move beyond appearances and perceive the face of God. This contemplation of Jesus' passion, relived in the poor and in her own heart, had led her to a keener understanding and experience of his thirst. In December of 1980, she wrote to Father Nooner, I am really very happy to know that you are close to me in your prayer. I think this is the strength I continually need. During this year, I have had many opportunities to satiate the thirst of Jesus for love, for souls. It has been a year filled with the passion of Christ. I don't know whose thirst is greater, his or mine for him. In 1980, because of the large number of missionaries of charity communities spread throughout the world, the decision was made to divide the houses into 12 regions. A corresponding regional superior was appointed to assist Mother Teresa in the governance of the congregation. The work for the poor was flourishing, and 12 more foundations were open that year. Yet she wrote to Father Nooner, it has been a year filled with the passion of Christ. Father Nooner would probably have taken her statement as referring primarily to her darkness. Besides her interior plight, however, she was also pointing to the painful realization that not all her followers were fully living up to their lofty vocation. Jesus was not being loved and served in the poor as ardently as she longed for him to be. In addition, there were failures in the sisters' love for each other. All these deficiencies hurt her deeply. Yet she gave no inkling of this pain in her letter to Father Nooner, but to her sisters. Letter after letter carried the same message. My dearest children, this brings you mother's love and blessing, but especially the joy of the assurance that Jesus loves you. And I only ask you to love one another as Jesus loves each one of you. For in loving one another, you only love Jesus. Or again, this brings you mother's love, blessing, and prayer for each one of you that you may more and more grow in the likeness of Christ through meekness and humility, so that your sisters in the community and the poor you serve feel his presence and his love in you and through you and learn from you how to love Jesus in each other. Since her journeys were more frequent and demanding, Mother Teresa felt that she was not giving enough time to her sisters when they needed her most. 
For that reason, she asked the Pope for permission to be released from public engagements. She conveyed his reply to her sisters. After the Holy Father gave a big speech to the people, I said, Holy Father, I want to see you for five minutes. He sat there. I sat there at his feet. He had his arms crossed with his head in his arms like this looking down at me. He said, you got problems. I said, Holy Father, I am finding it very difficult. I have so many sisters, 342 at the mother house now in India. They need me and I need them. And now this continual calling. It is your will, I know. Whatever you say, I will do. But what do you want me to do? He said, continue doing what you are doing. Do not refuse Jesus. You have never refused him before. Do not refuse him now. I will pray for you and give you the answer the next time I see you. Just like that, simply like a child, Holy Father's words to me, do not refuse Jesus. The Holy Father eventually sent the word, give necessary care to the sisters and loving care to the poor and people. Mother Teresa remarked, See, sisters, for mother it is not easy. And it was truly not easy to give less time to her sisters and go out to the world. Yet she chose not to refuse Jesus, who had challenged her, this time through his representative on earth. It was real blind obedience, she affirmed. She wrote to Cardinal Picacci a special request. When you see the Holy Father, ask him to pray for me, as this time obedience is a sacrifice. With the blessing of obedience, Mother Teresa continued her mission of service to the world's poor. She, a docile instrument in God's hand, was letting him use her nothingness to show his greatness. She was embodying the prayer that for her expressed the goal of a missionary of charity, to spread his fragrance everywhere she went, to be his radiance, his light, to be only Jesus to each person she met. In all this, she was satiating his thirst for love and souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What did John Paul II tell Mother Teresa in that meeting in 1980? You got problems, he told her. <laughs> you got problems. 
We often like to think that the saints don't have problems, that they just went along their way doing all these things. It was easy. They were so in love. But we read something like tonight's reading, and we see that for Mother Teresa, things were not clear. We tend to think that, oh, it was all laid out for the saints. They didn't have suffering or they had suffering, but what they had to do and the path they had to take, they had some special light and everything was clear. It's just not true. It wasn't clear for Mother Teresa what to do. She has this huge growing order. She wasn't expecting it to be that growing. She's got 342 at the mother house in India. 342 women, all in need of guidance, all with hugely different backgrounds, different education, different upbringings. Some have various traumas. Some have moral problems. Some have issues with broken families. All kinds of stuff, human stuff. And all of this, this hugely growing order, sisters making mistakes, other sisters making other mistakes, all kinds of things happening. You got problems, he told her. And what she's supposed to do, she's got this huge family, all these spiritual children, and she's being called to go all over the world. She feels like things are not being looked after in her own home, and yet she has to go travel. How does she manage all this? What does she do? She doesn't know. And the Holy Father himself, another saint, St. John Paul II, this incredibly human interaction they have. He also doesn't quite know what to do. He tells her, keep doing what you're doing and let me think. I'll try to think and pray. And I'll let you know. <laughs> it's not clear to him either. But what is happening here is that she's living by faith. Faith in God's providence. Faith in the fact that God is shaping her life. God is making her into the reflection of Jesus that he wants. He's shaping her into that unique arrow that will fly and hit the mark that he wants, to do the work that he wants. And it may seem to her like she is nothing. And that's what she said in last night's reading. The greatest grace she had, what saved her from so many faults, or potential faults of vainglory and pride was the profound awareness of her nothingness. And so she just kept putting herself in the hands of Jesus. And we pray tonight for the same grace in our own small ways, with our own troubles, our own problems, and we all have them. But if we can just leave ourselves open to his providence try not to refuse him anything at each step of the way say yes then he will make something beautiful for god in our lives too in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen